Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, For those that are tuning in, I am Pastor Jay, lead pastor here at Scarlet Note. We have just finished um, announcing that um, we had just finished announcing. <laughs> what are you? I can catch the pen. Oh no, I like the pen. I like the. I, I like the. Pen. I feel like a teacher when I have the pen. Okay. <laughs> I feel like a teacher. <laughs> but we just finished announcing to everyone that um, as of March seventh, we're going to have our in-person service. Um, it will be a service that will require masks. Okay, we're still following all of the CDC regulations with social distancing and also that you're safe and we're safe as well. We don't want to be a super spreader, so we're doing our part as well. Um, but um, again, March 7th, we are going to have our in-person services the way it's looking unless um, any, uh, something changes from here to that day. It will be one service at 11 a.m., so you might want to make sure that you grab your seat quickly as uh, reservations will be required for that service. Um, All month long, we have been talking about love. We have been talking about love. Last week, I spoke about tethered, tethered love, and um, so this week, I'm going to continue talking Along the same vein of love next week, I have a surprise for you. We'll still be talking about um, love, but um, it'll, it'll be a nice surprise for you all. And um, so I just want to share a couple of things that God put in my heart uh, to share with you all this morning. So do me a favor, round up the family, make sure everybody is together. After the service, there is a Zoom. There's a potential Zoom. So um, the information is down below. Uh, We'll be down below uh, for the Zoom. And if it's not down below, um, it will be at Kids Corner. There should be uh, an event, an event um, information there on Kids Corner for the Zoom after the service with Douglas, Miss Patty, uh, and their teachers. So that way they could share and interact with each other. But listen to this. I thought this was interesting. In 1904, in 1904, I don't know if Alexis, if you knew this, but in 1904, in St. Louis, World's uh, Fair, in the World's uh, Fair, Ernest Hamwi, Hamwi, he was a a, a Syrian um, concessionaire, and he was selling a crispy uh, wafer. Oh, it was a, a wafer, I'm sorry. It was <laughs> not a wafer, like a wafer, like a pastry. And he was selling this pastry in a booth. And right, don't laugh at me. It was, and it was right, and right next to him, there was another gentleman. This is in 1904, and he was selling ice cream. It was popular. It was the first time this was out. And the vendor, because it was so popular, ran out ran out, and Hamway uh, saw that there was an easy solution for the vendor that had the ice cream. He had run out of dishes, and there was no other way to serve the dishes. 
uh, to, I'm sorry, to serve the uh, ice cream onto the dishes because there was no more. So he quickly rode up one of the waffles. He rolled it up and he did it in the shape of a cone and he gave it to the ice cream vendor and that vendor put some ice cream inside the cone and customers were happy and that gave uh, birth to what is now the famous ice cream cone that we all love today. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that, Alexis? See, you now you know something new. Now, why, <laughs> why am I speaking about ice cream and it's cold outside? There's a reason for it. The reason is that a man saw another person in need. He saw that there was a problem and the man had a solution that was at his disposal. Love, by definition, does the very same thing. It provides our fellow man with the solution at our disposal. In you, watching this morning, there is a solution to someone else's hardship. And the only way that that solution is at their disposal is when you open your heart to exchange in love. Did you get that? Good. So in the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians, we're going to turn to the book of Philippians today. And, and what we have in the book of Philippians is that this is actually a four-chapter letter that the Apostle Paul wrote while he was in prison in Rome. Now, Philippians is known as one of uh, his five captivity letters. There were, there were five letters that Paul wrote while he was in prison, and Philippians is one of these letters. So these words are very, very precious then, and they are very precious now because of the sentiment for a people and a church that Paul loved, a church that he had founded during Paul's second missionary trip to Europe. So the reason of, uh, for his imprisonment wasn't because Paul was breaking the law and he was um, uh, acting in malice, but no, the reason for Paul being arrested was because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what you get to do today, very simply by sharing, simply by sharing, you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with no consequence for Paul in that time, in that uh, region, it caused him imprisonment. So what we find is that in this letter to the Philippian church, Paul emphasized unity and love for each other. Did you get that? Unity and love for each other. So as he's writing this letter to the Philippian church, his emphasis was unity and love. Now, one would think, and this was interesting to me, that considering how hard and problematic it would be to send a letter at that time, there are no fax machines, there is no email, there is no uh, internet. 
Uh, the post office, you couldn't just drop it off, put a stamp on it, and it was good. No, so you have to think about how problematic this would be to send from one region, from prison, to send it out to another one, um, a letter. One would think that in his letter, he would have a little more rigid request other than to love one another. I think that if I had some stuff to say, I'd probably say a whole bunch of stuff in my letter, my request. Um, but no, Paul chose to speak about unity and love. Now, but when he was speaking about love, he was speaking about love as the crux of the gospel. He understood love to be the necessary pathway for all men and women. You cannot love God if you cannot love one another. And this is basically his theme. You cannot love God if you cannot love one another over and over. You cannot love God if you cannot love one another. Now, Paul understood this, and he wanted this to be the foundation of what he taught the churches that he founded. Here at Scarlet Note, we have four basic principles, and we try not to uh, waver in that. We try to stay within those boundaries, just four things, four devotions. For Paul, it was about unity and love, two things. Isn't that awesome? What was his foundation? Well, we demonstrate our love towards God, not by sacrifice, not by obeying the law, or by our good deeds, but by how we treat and how we love one another. Let me say that again, that we demonstrate our love towards God, not by our sacrifice, not by obeying laws or regulations, but uh, by how we treat and how we love one another. So I want to take a look at Philippians chapter 2, Verses uh, one through four. Alexis, as I am doing this, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I want you to grab one of the cameras and I want you to take a picture this direction so that we could capture what this is like on a Sunday morning as we're doing this. All right. And we're going to post this after the uh, service so that you all can get to see what it's like to do <laughs> what we do here Sunday after Sunday. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. This is, we're going to give you a behind the scenes, all right? Uh, this is what Paul wrote in this letter. Remember, he's in prison. This is not in the comfort of a hotel room. He is not in the comfort of his home. He's not sitting uh, with a tablet in front of him, sipping cocoa and coffee. He literally is in prison. And these are his words. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Number three, he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. 
He says, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Man, can you imagine in 2021, could you imagine this concept to be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves? You ever heard people say, you ain't better than me. You, you ain't better than me. Well, Paul is saying this should be your attitude, that you are humble, thinking of others is better than yourselves. And then don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. All right, so what do we have here? Paul starts off by asking rhetorical questions. These are all rhetorical questions. Is there, number one, encouragement as believers? Number two, any comfort from his love? Number three, he's asking, are your hearts tender and compassionate? These are all questions. They're all rhetorical questions. Paul is in prison, and he is obviously being a bit sarcastic with this church. Paul's in, uh, um, inference here is, is, I'm in prison for preaching Jesus. You're home free. So this is what he's inferring. I'm in prison. I'm in prison for preaching the gospel, but you are home free. Guys, if you're paying attention to this, these, these words are for you today. Paul is saying over 2,000 years ago almost, hey, I'm in prison, guys. I'm doing this from prison. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus. I'm doing it from prison, but you are there and you are free. Ouch. Now, you want to know what would really make me happy? This is Paul is asking this question. Do you want to know what would make you happy? He said, if you just love one another. Could you imagine that scarlet note that we're asking that of you to love one another? Is that hard that you love one another? Well, Paul is here saying wholeheartedly, I want you to love one another. I want you to mean it. I want you to work together with one purpose, with one mind, with one vision. Live in peace. Live in unity. Live in harmony over and over. Here is Paul encouraging the church to work together, to live in unity, to love each other. What Paul is asking in his letter isn't different from what is being asked of us today. Listen, guys, we are to work together. We are to love one another. We are to work with one purpose. We are to live in harmony. Isn't that all good stuff? Yeah. So what Paul is asking isn't something that's far-fetched. I want to repeat something from two weeks ago. This is what I said about two weeks ago. I said this. I said that God isn't interested in how you demonstrate how much you love him as much as he's interested in your demonstrated love for one another. Let me say that again. God has very little interest for you to demonstrate how much you love him. He says, if you really, really love me, if you really, really care for me, if you are really, really Jesus' disciples, you know how you demonstrate it? By loving one another. So as we start kind of turning the curb on this major, you know, world catastrophe, 
that is the pandemic of uh, 2020 transitioning into 2021, even with new strands around the world now, and even uh, here in our country, the challenge today isn't any different for us than for our brothers and sisters in Philippi. It, it just, it's not different. We are to demonstrate our love to God. How do we do that? By genuinely loving each other. So when I say, I love you, I must genuinely mean that. Before we answer that question, let me see. What is the question? Are we genuinely demonstrating that we love God by how we love each other? I want you to ask yourself that. As we have been um, online for almost, uh, oof, almost a year. Almost a year online. We've only had two in-person services uh, since uh, March of last year. We've only had two in-person services. But most of the time we've spent most of the time online. Are we demonstrating our love for one another? And by one another, I'm not talking about those that are in the same room with you. But are you reaching out on the phone and calling your brothers? Are you texting your brothers and sisters to see if they're okay? Are you checking in with them uh, to see if there's a need, if there is hardship? Are we praying for one another? Listen, I want you to know I pray for you constantly, constantly. But listen, I also like to know that you are praying for me, that you're praying for Becky. It's really encouraging, Becky, isn't it? And I want to thank, I want to thank the, the many guys that have reached out and gals that have reached out to us to say, Pastor, during this time, we're lifting you. We're encouraging you. I want to thank you for doing that. And if you haven't done it, please do. I need your prayer. I need you. I need you as much as you need me. We need each other. So are we demonstrating our love during this time? Hey, listen. During this time, we are to demonstrate our love towards one another. So what is love? Before we answer then, yeah, pastor, I love you. You know I love you. It's almost like Peter and Jesus. You know I love you. Jesus, you know I love you. Well, how do you answer what is love? You know, love is a term or a word that we kind of kick around a lot today with very little thought. What is Love. Well, God's love and this world's love are not the same thing. God's love and this world's love are not the same thing. So verses three and four kind of give us a quick summary of what he wrote in First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verses four to seven. Now listen to this. This is used almost. In 80 to 90% of every wedding, every wedding you always read, uh, you have some kind of form or version of this being read in every wedding. Unfortunately, it seems like the people that need it most are not paying attention to these scriptures. Because if you pay attention to these scriptures, it would give you an accurate description of what God's love truly is. So that the next time you open your mouth to utter the word, I love you, you understand what love is. So I have a little assignment for us all. So I want to read this first and then we're going to 
go into this assignment that I'm going to give you. Let's read this. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse four to seven. Love is patient and kind. It's, uh, I can put my hand right here on my shoulder. Love is patient and kind. <laughs> Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. That's my daughter, my granddaughter's favorite word uh, every time I do something. You're so rude, Lolo. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Irritable. Did you hear that? Love is not irritable. You can't tell people that you love them and then be irritable and keeps no record of being wrong. Number six, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. You know, we have seen many videos of brutality caused in the hands of law enforcement, whether right or wrong. And we always tend to hear, well, that person must have done something. And, and, and you kind of think about, well, you know, I mean, that, that is a lot of force or a bit excessive. And, 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 but we'll hear some other people that have absolutely a heart filled with compassion. Listen, we are to move in love, move in love. All right. So, um, let me not, let me not get too into that because, uh, 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 I know I'm going to get a few emails from that, but listen, it says, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Number seven, love never gives up, never loses faith. Listen to that. Never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Ouch. That's the description of love. So think about how many people you say on a daily basis, I love you. I love you. Oh, do you? Do you really? Do you really love this way? This is the description of God's love. So as we have read this description, this explanation of what love is, I want us to go back and I want us now to go back and I want you to read this in a different way. All right. I want you to read this in a different way. So now what I want you to do is I want you to substitute or interchange the word love for the name of Jesus. What are we going to do? We're going to eliminate the word love from these scriptures. And instead of love, we're going to injure. We're going to now put in the word Jesus, the name of Jesus. So it would read this way. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus is not jealous. Jesus isn't boastful. Jesus isn't prideful. Jesus isn't rude. Jesus doesn't demand his way. Jesus isn't irritable. Jesus keeps no record of being wronged and Jesus doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Jesus never gives up. Jesus never loses faith. Jesus is always hopeful and Jesus endures through every circumstance. Did you get that? That's Jesus. Now, let's get to the tricky part. 
I want you to eliminate the name Jesus. Now, how, how many can see that that's an accurate description of, of love? Jesus, love. Now, we're going to try something different. We're going to do this instead. So, because my daughter Alexis is here in uh, the, the, the room helping me uh, behind the camera and moving about, we're going to eliminate the name Jesus and eliminate love, and we're going to put Alexis's name in here. Are you ready? Can you say that Alexis is patient, that Alexis is kind, that Alexis is not jealous, that Alexis isn't boastful, that Alexis isn't prideful, that Alexis isn't rude, that Alexis doesn't demand his or her way, that Alexis isn't irritable, that Alexis keeps no record of being wrong, that Alexis doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices about when justice wins, that Alexis never gives up, never loses faith, that Alexis is always hopeful, and that Alexis endures through every circumstance. Could we say that, Alexis? <laughs> <laughs> she says, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Well, I get it. You may say, Pastor, the bar has been set too high. The bar has been set too high. I was going to do this example with Becky, but Becky gave me the look. She put her arm right here. She put her hand here on the hip. She said, I dare you. So we just skipped Becky, and I went to Alexis. And uh, listen, it's too hard, Pastor. This is unrealistic. Oh, to that I say I agree. However, however, we are not loving people with our love. Alexis isn't loving with her love. Did you get that? We are loving folk, especially God's children, with God's love, not our own love. Did you get that? Did you get that? Alexis, did you get that? Yes. yes. Did you get that papa in the back? You got it. Becky, you got it. It's not your love. It's God's love. This is what we love with. Listen, so what do I mean by this? Go with me to 1 John chapter 4, verses 16, the first part of verse 17. Uh, we're almost starting to wrap this up. This is what the apostle of love John says, the disciple of love. This is what he says. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust, we put our trust in his love. Whose trust? His love. We put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love does what? What happens with our love? It grows more perfect. Are you following that? So as we live in God and God lives in us, our love grows more perfect. So perhaps Alexis today can't say, well, maybe I don't meet that standard of love but she can say that because I live in God, I know that my love is going to grow and grow more perfect. Though now 
Your love may not be fully what God's love is or where God's love is as far as maturity, all right? But the longer that you live in God, the longer that you dwell in God, listen, and if God is in you, then the more and more your love will begin to mature and begin to take form and shape just like God's love. That's good news, guys. That's good news. So it may not look or feel like it in the beginning, but now on, as you start living in God and God in you, that love will begin to look more and more like God. God's love. So again, I, I have to reiterate this, that this doesn't happen overnight. It's not, Alexis is not going to happen overnight. So, so David is going to have to use some of his God patience, some of his love. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't happen with your strength and it won't happen with your power and it, ha- it won't happen with your will. Let me give you a few calls of action as we wrap this up today. And we start wrapping up this series. Listen, I want to give you these things by which to live. Very simple things for you to implement, all right, um, as we start wrapping up this topic on love. Number one, number one, are you ready? Number one should be out there. It should be there on your screen. Start your day with a genuine pursuit of God and the things that lead to God. So start your day with a genuine pursuit of God and the things that lead to God. Now, what do I mean by this? This is something that can be done by my daily time of prayer. It could be done by maybe daily Bible reading, perhaps reading a devotional, listening to songs of worship, or or maybe it's simply listening to some background music and, and you remain quiet in a time of meditation. Whatever it is, try to start your day daily with a genuine, a genuine pursuit of God and the things that lead to God. You know, um, between January and a few months back, we read over, uh, I think it was a uh, 400 scriptures. We prayed together for uh, 21 days, and we did that multiple months in a row. We're going to start back in, in, in March as, uh, again for another 21 days of prayer and, and fasting. And, 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 and so you can join us in the morning just to start off your day with a genuine pursuit of God and the things that lead to God. Number two, number two. Live more and more informed, informed of his unending love for you and for me. You got to live informed. You know, some of us live informed about all of the chaos that's happening around us. You wake up in the morning and you reach over, you grab the phone, and the first thing you do is you look through your news app just to get the latest and to get what happened and what was said and what happened around the world. And it's about the chaos around the world. Well, I want to encourage you, number two, to live more and more informed daily about how much his unending, he has unending love for you. The more I know about his love, 
the more I know about his love for me, the greater chance I'm going to have to know how to love others. So the more I know about his love, the more I'll know, all right, the greater opportunities to love others. So in the first point, we read, we pray, we meditate, we listen, we, we, it just keeps us connected to God. But in the second point, now I'm deliberately reading his word and praying to him so that I can continue to grow and mature as his child and mature my love into his. Remember that the more I live in God and he lives in me, the more perfect my love grows. Number three, and this is the last one, I must tell myself daily that love for God is demonstrated in a flow that begins horizontally, but that the end result is vertically. Did you get that? So I love at first. The first thing I do is I don't, I don't love vertically. I love horizontally first and in hopes that as I, I love horizontally, my end result is that my love is the end result is vertically. So loving people that God loves, loves God. Could you say that with me? Loving the people, loving the people that God loves, loves God. That's a cool bumper sticker there. I think that's a great bumper sticker, maybe a t-shirt. I don't know. Uh, maybe we should trade that, uh, trademark that. Loving the people, maybe do a hashtag or something, but loving the people that God loves, loves God. So I have to live a life within a community of God's children. Let me say that again. I have a responsibility to live within a community of God's children. I cannot, cannot love God's people if I live life like a hermit, if I live life completely as a recluse or a lone ranger. I have to live more and more, and listen, in close proximity. You know that specifically more and more in our culture today, we are being forced to live in isolation, to, 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 to have distance, be it because of the pandemic, remote working, uh, remote learning now, and, and even online services, there has, there has been a, a wedge between us all. But being the salt of the earth requires us all to come in contact with the people. Did you get that? So as the salt of the earth, you will not be able to preserve, to heal, and to add flavor if you don't come in contact with the people that God loves. That's what salt does. It does what? It preserves, it heals, and it adds flavors. And that's what you and I do. We are the salt of the earth. So if you want to be the proof that you are a disciple of Jesus, you must follow what Jesus said out of John chapter 13, verse 35. What did he say? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org.
See you next time.